The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your health care provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have you suffered from health problems during a difficult relationship breakup? Weight, immune problems, addiction? Have you ever continued to suffer from a health fallout even after the divorce? After the relationship breakup? After at least one of you has moved on? If you've ever had a health problem during a relationship parting of the ways, today is your day because we're going to discuss health problems after a divorce or separation. In today's world, it's very common to see people hearing about them ghosting each other on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or, you know, one of those places on social media. You know what it's like. You split up. Some people get the friends. Some people get the house. Some people get the animals. Some people get the kids. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to handle the fallout after a relationship hits the bucket and handle the mind, body, and medical intuition to handle the health fallout. Deal with shall we stay or shall we go? We're taking your calls, 816-251-2551-3555 within the U.S. or Canada. And remember, UnityOnlineRadio.org is live, live every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central Time, 5 p.m. East Coast Time. And you can get this show on your favorite podcast provider as well. Join the show live with a question every Wednesday, 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. East Coast Time. It's very interesting. I know a lot about problems when a person's in a bad relationship. I've been doing readings for 30 years. I'm retired, board-certified psychiatrist. And we know a lot about the health of bad relationship. People get depressed, people get anxious, they drink, they smoke. There can be abuse. People can pit the children against each other. We've seen things like on Jerry Springer. Someone gains weight. Someone might go on pills for depression, anxiety, may start to get insomnia, sleep in a different room. 
people, somebody might have an affair. They might get sexually transmitted disease. It goes on and on. And then we see the lower back pain that's relationship that's related to up, relationship upheaval. The heartache, the hypertension, the arrhythmias, and so on and so on. Relationship problems are one of the biggest things that are related to wrecking your health, aside of money and aside of work. Work, money, love, the big three. However, you think, okay, so if a relationship doesn't work, we do a radical relationship back to me. It's like a tumor for God. That's the problem with the tumor. You take it out. You just shell it out like a melon scoop. Then are we done? Not necessarily. I've seen people who do the opposite. They say, hey, listen, I'm not going to get rid of the relationship because I'm just going to attract someone else just like him. He or she. Just like him. And so until I find out why I've attracted this person, I'm going to stay, even though I'm miserable, sick, and so on and so on. The thing is, if you're so sick and there's a lot of hostility in the house, it makes no sense to stay. It's like being in a house that's on fire. You know, there's a knock on the front door. It's the fire department. And they say, sir or ma'am, you need to leave the building. The building is on fire or fire if your state has R sounds. Get out of the building. It's on fire. And you say, I'll leave as soon as I find out what went wrong how the house kept on fire so that I don't move into another building and it doesn't catch on fire. That's the same mentality as thinking I won't leave because then I'll just have another relationship and I'll just attract the same problem. Uh, wrong. If it gets so bad, there's so much hostility and your health is going south and it's affecting your kids if you have kids or your animals if you have animals. Suffice to say, you don't stay because the fire department is going to say, lady, you can find out why, or ma'am, sir, you can find out, or you, plural, you choose something else, your identity, get out of the building, you can find out why it caught on fire later, and do a postmortem. What's important to find out is you need to know when you stay and when you leave. But then, once you've left and you've done the radical relationshipectomy, you need to find out how to reconstitute your life. There are times when you need to remove the plants from your yard, remove a tree, Remove that person, it's no longer correct. It's always painful to do that. Maybe the tree has died, maybe the relationship has died. You can bless it, move it somewhere else, transplant it, and say goodbye. The immortal share who's had her relate her share, pun intended, of relationship tragedies and traumas in the song Love, the day will come. When you say goodbye, how do you do that? Just the way you said hello. And so 
when you fall in love and he loves you not, the day will come when you have to say goodbye. And then when you do say goodbye, often there's a health fallout. Interestingly or not, the mortality rate of men after divorce is 250% greater than women. 250% greater. Men, their health bites the dust. Literally, they bite the dust, which the metaphor is you die or you have a great risk. Women are more likely to have economic problems, which is fascinating. However, it may be why more often men more rapidly get remarried out of perhaps perceived health necessity. Yes, these are, I don't know what you call it, generalizations. It just happens to be what the studies suggest. On the other hand, once a divorce occurs, a man's quality of life goes up, but a woman's quality doesn't. After a person divorces, both people are more likely to get heart disease. That makes sense because heartache equals heart disease. Women feel the stress longer and harder. Both women and men tend to get weight gain and loss. There's something about being in a relationship that gives you for center safety and security, strengthens your immune system because both men and women, when a divorce or a separation occurs, they're more likely to get flus and colds. That makes sense because if we spend too much time alone, it's not good for us. It's the equivalent of being morbidly obese and smoking 16 or 17, 13 cigarettes a day. When you get divorced, you actually do gain weight. You're more likely to be morbidly obese and, in fact, get diabetes. And you're more likely to get cancer. So your immune system does go down. Does that mean that's it for you? Don't get divorced because you're going to die anyway. No, it means you've pruned a big branch off of your tree, a big root from your system, and you need to reconstitute yourself. You need to improve your network of support that will improve your immune system. You need to get families of people in your life, spiritual families, like churches, spiritual groups, Educational groups take classes, hobby groups, painting, recreational groups, sporting teams, and so on. Don't isolate. It's not good for your immune system, whether it's to protect you from cancer or protect you from Lyme, Epstein-Barr virus, any viruses. And get active. Interestingly enough, when we have trouble moving forward, we have in, from divorce. The metaphor is more people after divorce have, you've got it, mobility issues. They're more likely to have trouble climbing stairs and walking short distances. Interesting. I never knew that. Get active. Don't sit in the chair, veg, and binge watch. Walk stairs. Get a friend. We'll meet you every night. Get a raincoat. Walk anyway, even if there's a drizzle. Wear a mask if it's still COVID. Do it social distancing. Do it anyway. On the other hand, a bottle of wine 
is not your friend. Don't make your accompanying partner a substance, whether it's food to make you gain weight, may account for the weight gain, or alcohol or cigarettes. The instance of substance abuse goes up when we divorce. And mind your mood and watch your health. Depression, anxiety, and guilt increase because perhaps we're more likely to get mood regulators by being in a relationship. Even if it's with someone we can't stand, they help regulate our neurotransmitters. There's something about having your life, getting up, going to bed, eating meals, or even avoiding someone who's irritating, regulates your synapses in your brain and your body and your hormones that even if they're annoyingly, they're annoying, they are regularly annoying, and so on and so on. So these are the effects, but the positive effects of divorce, relief. A lot of people expand their identity with work, with education. They advance their careers. They pick up a new hobby. They expand their social system. Many people, especially women, become more extroverted because perhaps they kept themselves smaller for their marriage to work. Divorced men become more emotional, unfortunately sometimes emotionally unstable because they might find divorce demoralizing. So if you're a man, join a man's group or, join, or whatever gender you identified, identify, get a group of people with similar orientations who understand what it's like after a breakup. It will stabilize your mind, your body, and your heart. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about the health problems after divorce and separation. If you want to know more about the solution to today's show, you want to get my latest book with Louise Hay, All is Well, Heal Your Mind, or my latest book, which my newest book, which is still being edited, Mystical Molecules. If you want to know more about the solutions that I create, for these issues on these shows, you want to go to Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2, or especially my website, Dr. Mona Lisa, www.drmonalisa.com. If you can't get on the line today and you want a private one or two hour reading, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com, or call 207-846-6475. Where am I going to be the next? Believe it or not, despite COVID, every year for, I don't know, over a decade, at least maybe 15 years, I've done a seven-day medical intuition educational boot camp, a summer camp of sorts, in Maine. People descend from all over the world to Maine, Freeport to be precise, and we do seven days. We learn 12 chakras around the chakras in seven days. And COVID, many people are doing classes online. I just, you can't sw learn to swim online. You can't learn to do surgery online. And I'm not going to teach medical intuition online. And so many people haven't been able to come this year, and so they'll come in next year. And those people who've signed up who can't come this year, they get a one-hour session gratis to tide them over. But since it's going to be a small class, if you want to come, many people actually want to sign up because it's going to be a small class, and they want individualized attention. 
So if you want to know more about that class, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com. You'll learn how to do a medical intuitive reading, knowing only someone's name and age, and you'll learn how to use medical intuition to heal mind, body, and soul. And so we will go, or I will go to Yvette, line two. 41, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. How are you today? I'm okay. Um, How can I be of help? Yes, um, I'm calling in because I I actually did go through a separation a couple, maybe a few weeks ago. Uh, we don't were tell not me, Don't tell me anything. Wait, blah, 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 blah. The first thing <laughs> I'd say is somebody in your life who's had a lot of trauma, and you can identify this, but... Unfortunately, it's not really a relationship. It's a relationship as rehab. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those shows that's on the do-it-yourself network where mm-hmm. they go and they find this house by the shore and they open the door and the door falls off by the hinges and you go into the living room and you're like, oh my God, what happened here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that it, the house has a good heart and it has a good feel. But it needs a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Because you have a good heart, you're like those do-it-yourself fixer-uppers. Mm-hmm. You're willing to roll up your sleeves and do the work. The problem is, the harder you work on this person, the less they work on your, themselves. Mm-hmm. You end up becoming a mother to them than a mate right and then your problem becomes third center self-esteem responsibility digestion the adrenal gland your right brain is exquisitely capable of picking up people's suffering the problem is you know like those accidents you see by the side of the road Mm -hmm. you're an intuitive rubbernecker you literally (laughs) when you see someone's pain You can't slow your car down and look at the scene of the accident. You got, you got to keep, you, you got to keep going, Mm -hmm. but you can't, you stop and you triage them. (laughs) And that's what happens when you're in a relationship with someone, you can't keep your emotional dance pace from theirs. So you end up responding to their problems and solving their problems. And since you keep doing that, It's like those parents in Disney World who start carrying their kids in the strollers even when they're age eight. Mm -hmm. The kids' own legs start to get weak because they're not walking on their own two legs anymore. They stop being responsible for themselves and they become addicted to their parents. I see this person has become more addicted to you and you become dependent on somebody depending upon you. You don't Mm -hmm. know you're lovable unless you're needed. Mm -hmm. And that was a way that you felt like you belonged in a family growing up, whether it was to stop abuse or to find a way of bonding to a parent who was distraught distracted or destroyed.
destroyed themselves in a relationship, you found your way into their heart by being the responsible one. You try to repeat that in this relationship and it doesn't work. And then eventually your education tells you, wait a minute now, you've got to smarten up. You've got to start, mm-hmm. what about me? And right. they get mad at you. Mm-hmm. And they accuse you of being selfish, demanding, and wait for it, controlling. <laughs> <laughs> or having an attitude. <laughs> that, well, attitude yeah, problem. that would be that. <laughs> what, did this, what problem did this person have with addiction? Um, well, there were two different people in my life I was dating. Um, one was a, a, an ex-boyfriend, but then we had broken up, and then we we were dating on and off, and I was dating someone else on and off. Um, but one of them did have a problem with addiction, um, with drugs, his, for many, many years. But that person, was I wasn't very serious about him. It was just a very, very, just, it was all about just dating. And, you know, I had my own life. He had his own life. Um, I wasn't looking for anything long term with you, how old one. You, how old are you? Forty. I'm forty one. No, I know you're forty one. <laughs> I wanted you to yeah. say it out loud. So you were just I interested know, in dating. You were in a revolving door. Now I'm in the relationship. Now I'm not. Let's go around the revolving door. Have you ever seen <laughs> kids play in revolving doors? Yeah. Their parents are inside <laughs> and they're just running around in the door. Those are kids. Mm-hmm. If you saw one, yeah. somebody who was forty one, going around and around the door. Yeah. You would go up to him and say, either in or out. Right. No, I, if I you hear you. If you keep getting in the relationship or getting out of the relationship, you're in a revolving door relationship. That means you don't know if you're in or out. That means mm-hmm. you're having trouble being alone. Mm. And you have trouble with picking someone who's right. So right. you pick... People who are good enough for Friday, so you don't mm-hmm. be alone. And then when they do something annoying, you break up. <laughs> Only that Friday night comes along again, and you're like, okay, good enough for Friday. That's a revolving <laughs> door. That's right. boyfriend number or girlfriend number one. But what about number two? Um, the other one, I was I was with him for actually about five six years. We were monogamous for five years and in the sixth year we were you know i we broke up but we still were dating and no um, no 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 no. you're doing the revolving door again you broke up you broke up you got off the ferry onto the main island Mm -hmm. but you have one leg on the ferry and one leg on the island you didn't know if you wanted to break up or not so you're yeah well, the thing was that we were we had plans for all of it, the marriage and, and kids, and we lived together. We were saving money, and he was unsure about his career path, and he was going back and forth. And so he's exactly the person I described. He was a person that was mm-hmm. not grown up, right. that had trouble with responsibility, and that made you the responsible one. Right, exactly. and you broke up with him. Because you realized that he wasn't ready to get married. Right. But then when you went back, you figure, I'm going to make this a fixer-upper. It's like in real estate, you looked at the house and you said, I can't buy this house. It doesn't have a bathroom. Mm -hmm. The kitchen doesn't work. 
But then you kept going back to the house and saying, you know what? It doesn't matter. I can go to the bathroom in the backyard Mm -hmm. and I can get a hibachi Mm -hmm. oven if we still sell them. (laughs) Rather than saying, I'm not seeing this house anymore. I'm going to find another one. Yeah, I went through a phase of like where I was first, I was very serious with him. And then afterwards, I felt that I was neglected for many years. And uh, then, you know, when we broke up, I was doing the whole dating thing. So that's why it was just dating some random okay. people. Let me go next to, no, no, let me go next to your physical body. Yeah. I look at your head. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I see increased susceptibility of making antibodies against your thyroid gland. I see increased susceptibility at times of having thinning hair. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I look at your heart. Heart with an R. Mm -hmm. At times, I wonder whether it feels like there's a pressure on your chest. I wonder if at times you skip a beat, add a beat. I wonder if there's a female relative in your family who's nervous. Whether they're Mm -hmm. nervous that it's hard for them to go out in crowds Closing spaces, they're a nervous person. They either have problems with planes, highways, and they depend on their family. This person annoys you, but you have a genetic susceptibility to some of their nervousness, which shows (laughs) up in your body. In the terms of epinephrine from your adrenal gland, makes muscles in your body spasm, causing you an array of seemingly unrelated symptoms, both pressure in your chest, at times it makes high for you to take a deep breath. At times it feels like you have spasming bronchial tubes, makes it feel like it's you're breathing through a straw. At times Mm -hmm. it makes the muscles in your GI tract spasm. So during times of stress, no matter what you eat, you get abdominal distension and bloating. I look at your softening mm-hmm. stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I see at times right lower quadrant abdominal pelvic pain. I can't figure out if you have old scar tissue there or what that is. I wonder if you have cysts in your pelvis. I can't figure out if they're endometrial, yes. wait a minute, ovarian. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. That's your body mm-hmm. saying, let's get this dog and pony show on the road. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I look at the (laughs) joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I see something happen in your right knee in the past. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. I see minor lower back pain associated with hormonal cycles. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Um, Lately, I just, it's been one thing after another um, since April. I had um, some sort of respiratory infection. Oh, we got to hold on. Okay, hold on, hold on. Oh, sure. That's my sure. music. You know what that means. We're going to come back. <laughs> but when we come back, you're going to learn about the solutions to your body's messages during a breakup. You're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. We're back. 
to Healthy Living Intuitively. And today's show has been dedicated to health problems and the health fallout from divorce and separation. We've learned that our bodies will tell us very loudly when we're having trouble moving on or moving through relationship stagnation and relationship breakup. We are going back to Yvette. Yvette, I love you more than my luggage, but you know what? Your body is letting you know that you have trouble making a decision. Are you there? Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm here. In medical yes, intuition, the third center is about self-responsibility. And your anxiety hits you in that area because it's the adrenal gland. Adrenal gland mm-hmm. produces epinephrine when we're anxious. And it makes things mm-hmm. flutter. I think you have a hard time making a decision about relationships because you think there's a perfect person. Mm-hmm. So there's a phrase, the devil you know is better than the devil you know. Don't. Mm-hmm. You're very familiar with a certain kind of person. You know the lay of the land. So you mm-hmm. stick with these kind of inadequate people, I think because you're afraid of marrying Mr. Wrong. <laughs> so you stay dating all these wrongs. Mm-hmm. There's a very famous psychologist called Winnicott. He talks about how we have a good enough mother. We don't stay unborn until there's a perfect mother for us. Otherwise, no one would be born and we'd have nothing to talk with, you know, Oprah about (laughs) or a therapist. So ultimately, when we get in our 40s and you're how old again? I want you to say it out loud. You're 40. 41. Yes. Uh, You're going to have to pick someone who's good enough. But ultimately... After you've gone with someone and broken up a couple of times, you're pretty much saying he's not good enough. Right. And when you go keep going back to him, you're preventing another person who's better enough. So now you have to date with supervision. So I want you to go to a Mm -hmm. cognitive behavioral therapist who can help you with Mm -hmm. your, wait for it, anxiety. Because you're genetically Mm -hmm. susceptible, you have a genetic susceptibility, which makes it hard for you to make a decision. Who's yeah. the person in your family that's anxious? Um, it's probably my mother. It is your mother. She's it's, a nervous Nelly. Yeah. And that drives you crazy because yeah. you're much better with the outer world with anxiety than she is. She's like, I could see her looking out yeah. the window and rubbing her hands. <laughs> Needless to say, you're much better than that. But when it comes to making a decision with a relationship, you're afraid of making poor decisions because you've seen other people make decisions. So you're going to go, mm-hmm. go to a cognitive behavioral therapist and you're going to ask them DBT skills, D as in dog, B as in boy, T as in tomahawk, to handle anxiety. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you're going to get someone who's a matchmaker. Yep, a matchmaker. <laughs> and it's something okay. like it's just lunch with a match, not on the web because people lie. It's just mm-hmm. lunch where well, they'll match you up for people for lunch, not to sleep. Not to have sex, not to do anything stupid like have kids, just lunch. You'll get a description mm-hmm. of the person before the date. You'll talk to your cognitive behavioral therapist about what thought patterns come up for you. You go for the lunch, and then after the lunch, you talk about the thought patterns. After you've done that three times, you'll get sick and tired of your thought patterns, one of which is, I'm not sure. They're not <laughs> quite right. That is a thought right. pattern of anxiety. Right. And another one is, well, then another one will be, well, you know, they're not like the other people. They're not my type. And I will say, your type does not work for you. 
Mm-hmm. So after you've done that five or six times, you will neutralize and try on lots of different shoes because you're one of those people who try, who usually wears the same thing over and over again, <laughs> but don't like your clothing look because mm-hmm. your fertility issue with whatever is in your pelvis, what kind of cyst do you have in your pelvis? Um, I don't remember what it was. It's just they were just cysts that, that ruptured. That's, DHA, that's all a thousand, DHA, a thousand milligrams three times a day for adhesions, but you have to deal with that because on some level you may have convinced yourself that you don't want to have kids anymore, but yeah. I think on some level you may want to have kids and you have to talk about right. that because that's why right. I meant by you got to get this dog and pony show on the road. Yeah, no, you're right. Can I, okay. can I ask a, no, we have, ask to to next, okay. I, no, we have to go to the next person. <laughs> okay. You take it easy. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. you. Take it easy. Thank you for listening. Take thank care. You. Bye. No, thank you. Bye-bye. We'll go to line one. Debbie, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? I can't believe I get to talk to you. I'm going to start crying. Debbie, you know what? Listen, if it were Oprah, Mother Teresa of the Pope, you'd have a point. But I am none of those people. Okay? Uh, How can I be of help? I've been having a very difficult, challenging time in my life. I... um started having um, vision issues um, about a year ago. And um, starting last October, I started having head buzzing. And it's been to the point where I've thought about um, actually taking my life. Okay. And I, you can't wait. Bah, 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 bah. If you were having a heart attack, you would go to the hospital. Good. And if you were having a stroke, you would go to the hospital when you know them. Good. And when your brain is telling you, I might want to end my life, you will go to the, keep saying the hospital. Same thing. Thank you. I've That's been... it. I know. Wait a minute. Because it means this is distressing. It's there very somebody, distressing. And I'm not saying, I'm not going to say that this is what's going on with you. But every once in a while, New England Journal of Medicine, they get a picture. I'm saying this is not necessarily what's going on with you, okay? They get a picture, and they, they give you the case. They say this person heard buzzing, okay? They didn't know what the buzzing was going to, okay? It's usually in China, India, or, you know, someplace that there's nothing, okay? It's healthcare. Some, like way out in the boonies, okay? Not in the cities. Cities have great health care in those places. They were way out in the boonies. This person says, I hear buzzing, and they say nothing. They say buzzing, and they see nothing. So then someone decides they want to look in the ear, right? And what do they find? A whole set of ants or (laughs) ornaments or something. And finally, they remove them, and you see all these insects coming out. Are you following me? Yes. I'm not saying that's happened to you. I'm simply saying it drove the person crazy when it happened. I understand. Yeah, oh, I get it. That part of that was to make you laugh, okay? The other thing is they show that people who've had a variety of brain issues can have head buzzing and visual distortions that can actually increase anxiety and actually suicidality. Of course. Are you following me? You say, oh, yes, course. I'm following you. So, therefore... It can be in your head, but it's not all in your head. It can be in your vessels. 
You understand? So yeah. you have to enlarge who you go to, not just the emergency room. Do you understand? Because, for yeah. example, I've had multiple spinal surgeries. And after, not the last one, but the one before that, I came out. And beyond other things, I looked eight months pregnant. Are you following me? Eight months pregnant. Couldn't eat, kept having bowel obstructions. And it was terrible. I ended up drinking clear fluid. No one could tell me what was wrong with me. No one. Okay. And I'm a, a physician. I went place to place in one very major hospital that's very elite. I sent pictures to myself. I get, I, I felt neurotic sending pictures of my abdomen, which looked like a pregnant tick. In fact, my friends would say, stop sending me pictures of your abdomen. Are you following me? I felt neurotic. Finally, I sent my pictures to this major university, the GI department, and the doctor, one of the biggest, most famous doctors there, said he thought I needed ab exercises. Are you there? Yes. I know. I'm just trying to explain something to you. So then I went. I'm trying to give you hope. So then, I need hope. I know. Hope and help. They be, both begin with the letter H. So then I went. I never gave up. And a friend of mine, her mother, who died of ovarian cancer, God rest her soul, saw, saw a movie. So you always have to believe angels are messengers. Angels don't always look normal. They look different. And angels came in the form of Marie Bowers, my good friend Joyce Bowers' mother. And she said, oh, she says to Joyce, she comes in and says, oh, there's the broccoli. I just got it at the market. By the way, I know what's wrong with Mona Lisa. She has a Bronx accent. Queens. She says, Mona Lisa, I know what's wrong with her. She's like those kids in the movie. What's the movie's name? Oh, it's called Miracles of Heaven. There's all these kids running around. They have an abdomen just like her. It sticks way out. Anyway, take the broccoli. When you're finished with it, give me the rest. Bye. Slams with the green door. So Joyce tells me. I'm like, you're crazy. She says, no, my mother told me. She's telling me. My mother knows what's wrong with you. I said, the person at Harvard didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. Said it by accident. Person at Harvard doesn't know what's wrong with me, but your mother from Queens, New York knows. She says, I'm telling you, mother knows. I went to the movie, and lo and behold, the kids looked just like me. And it was a sign because they, the kid in the movie who had a miracle and it stopped happening, all the kids died. And this kid went to Boston Children's Hospital, the first hospital I went to as a kid when I had my first spinal surgery. After I walked out of that movie, I knew it would be a miracle. I didn't know how, but it would be. So that night I stayed up till 1 a.m. calling, looking up studies about spinal fusions and my problem. I found one person in India who's a doctor. He answered me in 20 minutes. He sent me to Mayo Clinic. I found the doctor who specializes in the world, a neurogastroenterologist, and guess what? He saw me and proved on a test that the nerves in my bowel had died. He gave me a medicine that's like for myasthenia gravis. Are you still there, Debbie? I am. I'm listening. He gave me the medicine. And he said, you'll know in 15 minutes. They had to wait 24 hours for it to be drop shipped. I took it. I prayed. And it worked. I stopped choking, getting aspiration pneumonias. I could eat. My stomach went flat within 24 hours. And I could urinate without getting catheters. My life has been different. I went all the way downstairs 
to the development office at Mayo Clinic to tell them about my Mayo Miracle. Incidentally, development departments are what they say. That's where they get the money. And half of my estate goes to Mayo Clinic. You have to go to a neurologist. And you have to get an MRI and MRA. I have had an MRI. I haven't had, what was the other thing that you said? An MRI and MRA. An MRA. I haven't had an MRA. An MRA shows differences in the blood vessels of your brain. Because you could be having TIAs, a changes in the circulation. For you to have buzzing and visual distortion, you need to know that. And then you want to get a neuropsychological evaluation from a board-certified neuropsychologist. That's a more accurate assessment of what's going on in your head. They can tell if you have auditory attention and memory problems, because in the brain auditory area is the temporal lobe, which has to do with hearing and seeing. Are you following me? Yes. By doing both of those things, you can pretty much determine, and also a neuropsych test, they do testing in there to see if it's confounded with anxiety and why wouldn't you be anxious? If it's anxious, I've told people I have epilepsy, but they didn't know at the time that it was epilepsy because I was falling asleep. I said, hey, if I'm nuts, denut me. <laughs> the guy looked at me and went nuts. Do you understand? If this is anxiety, yeah. you want them to get treat your anxiety. So this stops. But you want to know, you want to leave no stone unturned that it's nothing else. Are you following me? Because it seems to be vessel issues in your brain that may be spasming, that may increase your chance for having these. Okay? Okay. I hadn't the, heard the MRA before. It's vessels and the neuropsych eval. Don't forget the neuropsych eval because it can test in a very fine way those areas that are associated with buzzing and distortion that can be associated with electrical problems in the temporal lobe. And that's what it is. Yeah, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm saying it can cause auditory symptoms like that and visual symptoms. Do you get it? Yes, I do. Good Good luck, Debbie. You take it easy. Go forth and be wonderful. 408. Where's 408? Is it in Florida? Um, Actually, that's San Jose area, but I live in a town called Aptos um, near Monterey, near Capitola, Santa Cruz. Perfect. California. Thank you so much. You take it easy, okay? Thank you for your help. Thank you. We will go to line three. Karen, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Karen? Are you there? Did she leave? I think Karen, she's there. Karen, are you there? We will go to Anne, line four. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Are you speaking to me? I'm speaking to you. Oh, I'm phoning you from Perth in Western Australia. Oh, for God's sakes. How are things going there? Good, actually. Very good. You sound very polite, and I sound very unlike you. Kind of like <laughs> well, I've I been know, following you for years. 
Oh, thank you so much. And how can I be of help? Well, I, I have Parkinson's disease, and I'm also divorced, and I think it started after that. Oh, that makes sense, because I was stunned to see that... Well, let me tell you what I see, and then I'll give you another way of looking at it. First thing I see, you're very smart. Very, very, very smart. And you're very torn when you divorced your husband. There's something about someone else's health in your life. They're not doing well. And even though you may have Parkinson's disease, this person doesn't do well once their career ends. They are monodimensional. Outside of work, there's not much to them. And you have a lot more depth than this. And so in many ways, you your relationship ceased to grow because this person ceased to grow. Hmm. You're a very positive person. Think. I'm sorry, say that. Go ahead. I can't think who it is. What did your ex-husband do for a living? He was a diamond dealer. A diamond dealer. Mm-hmm. Was his life all about his work? I don't, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Why did you divorce him? Because he had an affair, at least one that I know of. Nice. (laughs) Let's talk not about the affairs for a second. With the exception of the affair, before the affairs, was your relationship good? I thought so. Okay. What didn't work about your relationship before the affairs? Well, I suppose that he was a bit patriarchal and a bit self-centered. And narcissistic, I suppose. Okay. That's what I meant was it was about his life, his work. It wasn't about your relationship. Do you understand? Sure. So just because he had affairs, that was like going out and making a fire. They weren't relationships. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. But for you, you felt replaced. But if you asked him, he would look at you like you had two heads. Because that was like going outside, starting the car, turning it off and coming back inside. I once talked to someone, a woman, a friend of mine, who was having an affair with a married man. Can you believe it? It's not uncommon. There's a variety of reasons why people do it. And I said, how can you do that? You're very intuitive. When you look in their eyes, don't you see their wife's eyes? Are you there? Anne? Yes, I'm here. And she said, I could tell it made her nervous. And I could hear, I could feel her turning her head away. And she said, it's not personal. This affair is not personal. 
it's like exercise. Isn't that interesting? It is. I want you to think in terms of that, that these kinds of people who are self-focused put these kinds of dalliances, or however you pronounce it, like exercise. I was stunned. It's like going to a zoo and seeing an animal that you've never seen there before and go, what is that? <laughs> do you understand? So if you say your husband I, yeah. is narcissistic, and as I talk to you, it's fascinating. Your voice sounds much less frozen. Well, yeah, you've given me a new... Go ahead. So you've given me a new perspective. Parkinson disease makes people literally freeze. They lose dopamine. There are two sources of dopamine in our bodies. One, substantia nigra, in the midbrain. And another in our brainstem that's connected to our heart is called the ventral tegmentum. When we get depressed, our ventral tegmentum essentially doesn't get enough dopamine and we look Parkinson-like. We get something called pseudo-dementia or pseudo-Parkinson disease. We literally look frozen. Our face looks flat. We get a shuffling gait and we sound frozen. When we get Parkinson disease, it's like an autoimmune illness, but it's also like cardiovascular disease that hits our substantia nigra. And it feels like you had a little bit of both. Oh, wow. You had the heart. You had the heartache and depression that hit your ventral tegmentum. And then, of course, you had the cardiovascular part that hits the substantia nigra. Your voice and your face softened up because your heart opened. Because you realized that your marriage didn't die because you didn't have one. You can't have a marriage with a narcissist. You didn't really have a divorce because it really wasn't a marriage. From my point of view, a narcissist is someone who has trouble with right brain divided emotional attention. There are two types of people who have that. One is Asperger's, where when faced with right brain divided paying attention to them and somebody else is they get anxious. They can't do it. And so they retreat and they have like, they handle machines or numbers of things. But someone who's narcissistic, they can't balance their feelings and someone else's either. They are number one. They are more charming, intelligent, charismatic, attractive, and you're not, is what they would say. So you identify that he's someone who can't really have relationships. People are just like furniture that they're in your environment to have exercise with and to be stimulated by, sexually or otherwise. And for the first time, you may begin to realize that it was it had nothing to do with you. Wow. You weren't replaced because you can't replace something that's it's not equivalent. Do you understand? I do. 
See how you, you're not supposed to be able to do that. Someone with Parkinson's disease is not supposed to have a voice like that. Wow. There, you did it again. You did it again. You're not supposed to have them there. You're laughing now. Emotionality. Unless I gave you a big shot of cinnamon, you're not supposed to be able to do that. (laughs) I am not saying. I am saying. I'm not saying you don't have Parkinson's disease. I am saying you want to go to someone who's a supportive therapist. You want to talk about this situation here, like we have been, like casual friends. And I want you to have them help you go like on a cruise or some kind of, not a cruise, it's COVID, never mind. I strike, yeah. strike that, but you'll get my point. Go on lines yeah. and chats with friends and stuff who do fun things, right? Yeah. So it will open up your heart. It's called increased spontaneity. That will goose up the dopamine in your system. Do you get it? I think I do. You can't separate or divorce something that couldn't be connected in the first place. They don't really have unity. They live in their own little world. And they get angry when, when that's brought to their attention. They're like, what do you want from me? I give you money. I give you everything you would ever want. They can't do that. Do you get it? By the way, you want to consider antioxidants, coenzyme Q10, okay? You want to build up, you want to go to an integrative physician who might even consider talking to them about IV um, glutathione, okay? To protect your brain, cardiovascular system. I, I yep. want to thank, there's the music. I want to thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.